0: Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recap Season 1, where we are recapping all 67 episodes of Game of Thrones in preparation there into Season 8 in April of next year. Today, we are on Season 7, Episode 3, The Queen's Justice, which we learn a great deal about in this episode. Uh, We'll begin up north at Winterfell, where... Sansa Littlefinger learned from Maester Wolkin that the Castle of Winterfell has around 4,000 bushels of wheat, which will provide enough food for roughly a year in the impending winter for everyone currently stationed at Winterfell. Uh, Sansa advocates for granaries to be built to stockpile even more grain, and also for Lord, Lord Jon royce to go and see that all armor being manufactured outfitted with leather to keep it warmer for the troops. Uh, while walking around, Littlefinger and Sansa discuss the threat of Cersei Lannister as Littlefinger urges her to fight every battle and to look for threats in every corner. Uh, Then, they're interrupted by a guard who tells Lady Sansa that she has received a visitor. Who could this visitor be at the gates of Winterfell? Well, it is Bran Stark, accompanied by Mira Reed. Following their reunion, they retreat to the Godswood, where Sansa tells Bran... How she wishes John were still here to uh, meet Bran again as well. Uh, Bran agrees, noting that he needs to speak to John. Why does Bran need to speak to John? Well, uh, pretty clear. You know, Bran obviously at this point knows Jon Snow's true identity, and therefore would like to tell John about it. I would imagine. Um, Sansa, though, points out that Bran is the rightful lord of Winterfell, as he is the last remaining true-born son of Ned Stark. Uh, but Bran refuses the position, as since he's the Three-Eyed Raven, he cannot hold any land and or titles, apparently. Uh, Sansa does beg for Bran to explain what the Three-Eyed Raven uh, means, so Bran demonstrates his power by describing to Sansa, the outfit she wore on the night she was wed to Ramsey Bolton. Uh, understandably, uh, Sansa is not too thrilled with uh, being reminded of those events, and she walks away from Bran. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in... Oh, I guess uh, we'll head west and work our way back across. Um, so at Casterly Rock... Um, Grey Worm and the Unsullied lay siege to the castle and, uh, they managed to sneak in through the secret tunnel that Tyrion had built into Casterly Rock so that he could bring his lady friends home more easily without alerting Tywin to their presence. Uh, the Unsullied use it and easily capture Casterly Rock as... Jamie abandoned the castle and took his forces elsewhere but uh sent Euron's ship to and the rest of the Iron Fleet to go burn down most if not all of the remaining Targaryen fleet in the ocean. Uh will continue eastward over to Highgarden um where Jamie, Randall Tarley, and Braun are leading the Lannister and rebel forces towards Highgarden. Garden. Uh, Elena looks out for the balcony and sees the impending army approaching the castle. The battle is pretty swift as the Tyrells are not known for their military might. Uh, the Lannister's forces dispatch of them very easily. Uh, Jamie goes and finds Elena alone in her study. They discuss the maneuver that uh Jamie used here against Tyrion and against the the Targaryen forces a move very similar to what Robb Stark did back at the Battle of Whispering Wood um, they also discuss you know why Tywin didn't come and take Highgarden earlier when the gold mines ran dry in Casterly Rock uh they also discuss Jamie's newfound possession of Joffrey's old sword Widow's Wail uh and they discuss Joffrey some more and then Elena obviously knows well you must be here to kill me one way or the other so how are you going to do it Jamie outlines to her well Cersei wanted many things done to you but eventually I talked her into simply poisoning you so he pours poison into a glass of wine Elena Downs it, and uh, as she is dying, uh, tells Jamie, confirms to him, not to the audience because she already did that for us earlier in the series, but uh, confirms to Jamie that she was the one who was responsible for Joffrey's death at his wedding back in Season 4. Uh we will continue our march eastward to King's Landing Or er, no, sorry, we'll go to back to Old Town, which I completely skipped. Um so in Old Town, um Archmaster Ebros examines Mormont's wounds and surmises that uh, the grayscale is no longer active. He is free to leave the citadel as he is no longer in danger of infecting anyone else with the grayscale. And Ebros quickly deduces, oh, Sam must have done something here. Hmm. So uh, he sends Sam off to, well, meet with himself uh, privately later. That was a really roundabout way to state that. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so they discuss that, yep, Sam uh, carried out this illegal procedure that did end up working here. Uh, so Ebrose praises Sam for his successful medicinal treatments here. But, uh, of course, uh, congratulates him by telling Sam to make fresh copies of several old manuscripts and scrolls so that their knowledge can be preserved as Sam's reward for his successful treatment of Jorah is simply not being expelled from the Citadel uh, and Presumably, Sam might be able to find something useful in these very old tomes that are on the cusp of disintegrating. Uh, We will continue east to King's Landing where Euron Greyjoy has arrived and he parades the newly captured Yara Greyjoy, Alaria, and Tyene Sand through the streets of King's Landing all the way to the main courtroom of the Red Keep where Euron presents Cersei with his gift that he promised her last episode, that being Alaria and Tyene's sand. Um, And Cersei, maybe unknowingly, more or less, uh, agrees to marry Euron when the war is over. Uh, We'll see if she follows through on that, assuming both survive the impending wars. We will find out together on that front. Later, um, Euron... Euron leaves, takes Yara with him for his own personal um, torture that he wants to implement upon Yara. Uh, So Cersei takes Ilaria and Tyene to the dungeons below the Red Keep. Uh, They are both gagged and chained to opposite walls. uh, And Cersei poisons Tyene with the Long Farewell, uh, the same poison that Ilaria used to kill Myrcella uh so Cersei's plan is well Alaria you're going to stand here you're going you're chained to the wall here and uh we're going to force you to stay alive and you're going to watch your daughter die in front of you and then you will live here until you die of natural causes whenever that may or may not be um later Jamie uh is or Cersei comes to Jamie's dinner that he's having um they decide to have a good old sexcapade that night uh, the next morning um Cersei answers the door for a servant announcing that a visitor from Bravos has arrived as Cersei has essentially to the point where she don't care like okay you all know that I'm in having sex with my brother all the time cool whatever I don't care whatever so Cersei's adopted that uh, attitude already at this point, uh, and this visitor from Bravos is none other than returning to our screens, Tycho Nestoris from the Iron Bank of Braavos. Uh, he offers his condolences for the recent death of King Tommen. Uh, Cersei doesn't really care, but he, Tycho, is also very happy that the Faith Militant have been eradicated from the capital. Uh, Cersei quickly realizes that the Iron Bank is here to uh, receive their debts that Cersei owes them, repay those now, uh, and if Cersei is unable to, as as we well know, the Iron Bank will fund her competitors as they will then pay the Iron Bank back then. Uh, so Cersei informs Taicho that, well, Euron controls the sea and is an ally for the time being, and that Danny is a revolutionary rather than a monarch as she strongly hurt the Iron Bank over in Essos with her dismantling of the slave trade. Uh, and she promises that the Lannisters will pay their debts within a fortnight. Uh, somehow she will find the money to do this within the next couple of weeks. We will continue over to the island of Dragonstone where uh John Snow and Sir Davos Seaworth have arrived immediately greeted by Tyrion and Missy uh Tyrion and John reunited here they all walk on up the steps to Dragonstone castle proper uh where uh Missy introduces Danny and Davos introduces John uh the two discuss you know why John has come here, what he wants, what Danny wants and kind of if there's any alliance to be made between the two which they eventually at least for the time being settle on there is not at the moment as Danny wants the north to swear its fealty to her, John doesn't really care if he does it or not. I don't John doesn't really care, but he's not going to do it at least not yet. Uh, as he's here only because he needs dragonglass and maybe, hopefully, some dragons to go kill the army of the dead. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, Varys and Melisandre have a discussion about why Mel's not down greeting the newly arrived king in the north, who she convinced Danny to bring to Dragonstone uh, and... Well, Mel uh, tells Varys that, well, I parted on not-so-great terms with John and Davos, and it would be pretty wise for me to not, for them to not know that I am here, uh, as she, though, she has now brought ice and fire together, uh, that she will now end her habit of whispering in the ears of kings. And she indicates that she is traveling to Valantis, but she will return to the lands of Westeros as she will return one last time. She is destined to die here in Westeros, just like Varys is. Um Later, um, you know, uh Varys interrupts the John Danny uh conversation And tells her that uh, the Targaryen fleet has been ambushed by Euron's fleet on the Narrow Seas. The Greyjoys and the Dornish and the Tyrells are all gone, basically, now. You have none of them left. Uh, Later, Jon and Tyrion discuss Jon's position uh, Tyrion does state, well, I do believe your statements about the existence of the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead and the Night King. But, Danny's not really gonna listen to you, and why should she? She doesn't, she's known you for like an hour, so she's not gonna, she might believe you, but she ain't gonna give you the stuff to go and kill all these people right now. She's not gonna help you with that, at least not yet. Uh and so Tyrion asks, is there anything else that could potentially be helpful to you that would make you more amenable to a alliance between our two factions here? And John informs Tyrion, Well there I have heard there's a big giant mountain of dragonglass under the castle. Could we like go mine that? So Tyrion takes that idea to Danny. Danny uh, agrees to let John and his troops that he brought along with him mine the dragon glass. Danny will also provide additional uh people to mine this glass from under the castle as it's really of no use to her as far as she's aware uh so she does so uh meanwhile uh in the waters of the narrow sea near Dragonstone, Theon is fished out of the water one of the few surviving ironborn ships. Uh, And obviously his fellow ironborn are not too pleased with the fact Theon is still alive at this point. Uh, Later in the Chamber of the Painted Table, uh, Danny confers with Tyrion, Varys, and Missy. Uh, She proposes going out with her dragons to hunt down Euron's fleet, but Missy and Tyrion argue against this as they don't know where Euron is. All it really would take is one lucky arrow shot and Danny's dead, uh, and the dragons would basically lose all controllability at that point, uh, as far as we are aware. Uh, Tyrion, though, does think that the Lannisters will put up a fierce fight for Casterly Rock, but of course he is incorrect, as we then cut to Casterly Rock. Uh And that is I believe everything from this episode, so uh what all do you have to add any questions might you have at this point, and I will do my best to answer them here without spoiling the last half of this final
1: season Ooh. that has aired so far. Well, it was a long beautiful episode. Lots of things happened in the episode, but I mean, nothing that was too confusing except for the time crunch, um, which we've noted. And sometimes it seems to be really squeezed together now. Um, But I don't know if I have too many questions, actually, uh, because it all seemed pretty straightforward. Okay. Uh, I'm looking through my stuff here. Uh, There were lots of good things that are neat things that happened in the episode, I should say. Um, You know, the uh, old Cersei with her great uh, killing of the sand of Ilaria. Uh, no, you know, Laria's still alive. No, not Uh um, Tyene's the one Tyene. that she poisons. Yeah, Tyene, mm-hmm. you know, citing poetic justice. Yeah, well, it's amazing how things come back to, ha- to haunt you when you do things like that, so... Uh, for Elaria, Especially
0: when you do it to Cersei, that's... Yeah, so... If you're planning to kill someone and Cersei's in any way involved better make sure it kills Cersei, too, or it will not end well for you. Uh, we find that out for the Sans in this
1: episode, as well as for Olenna oh, here. Olenna, yeah. see, two of them. Uh-huh. So, she does uh, do her justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jamie and her, yes, thank you. Um, The Iron Bank comes back. All right, at Winterfell... Uh, see, not too much there. It's pretty simple. Of course, I can't. I couldn't believe, you know, like the uh, armor where Sansa says, "Yeah, put leather on it to keep it warm." I would think they would already know that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, it's been a while since the last winter, but. You know, it's been okay.
0: many, many years since the last winter, so, uh, so maybe they've forgotten. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Yes. I can't imagine they would have. But
1: if it's been that long, since I shouldn't realize that to do that either. Then, but okay.
0: Well, uh, she's theoretically had the educational experience uh, that right. the common blacksmithing folk may not have
1: had. Do not. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bran with his great three eyed raven he he knows like everything. Whew. That's happened. hmm Uh in Old Town I I mean I never looked at a map before and I don't really you know, I don't remember every single spot on the map. Right. I do my best, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how far Old Town is from the wall. Oh yeah. And knowing yeah. that it's so Sam, Gilly and the baby traveled all that distance? Well that seems
0: well, they went from Castle Black. they went to Horn Hill, which is quite a ways down into the reach, and then they went across to
1: Old town so that's a that's a long way, yeah, that is a long way, yeah, uh especially to take a baby if you ask me without being attacked or. Uh, not seeing King's Landing. I mean, I. Well, they may have. I mean, they may have, but they didn't show it on the show. I mean,
0: those three would be in no danger traveling. They're not. Uh, they're not a member of a royal family of any kind. They're. I think they're traveling from the in this
1: land is not. <laughs> Think you're always in danger when you travel this land.
0: Well, technically, since Sam's a member of the Night's Watch, if anyone were to attack or kill him, they would be killed, because that's technically the law. You're not supposed to kill anyone in the Night's Watch, uh, or you will be killed yourself for doing so. So yes. okay. Technically, they, at least Sam should be fine. And most of the people of Westeros who aren't the... Truly psychotic would not murder the baby. Uh, now you know Gilly might be a different story, but yeah. she's she should be fine.
1: Okay, Dragonstone. Once again, they show us how how wonderful that mm-hmm. tra- uh, castle is. Yes, they had some quite a few good pictures of it in this one. Um, yes, dra- Dragonstone. Okay. Um, yes. Oh boy, see, I don't see too much here. Uh, yeah, John. Mm, he doesn't want to bend the knee for some reason. I mean, you are the king of the north. Mm hmm. So I could understand not wanting to bend the knee because. You know the northern people would not want that. I don't think so. I think he's just doing it because he knows the north would not want that. Because he, then he is not their king, per se. Uh, but he may do it at some point. Eh, I just don't think he's he's not going to do it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there was a lot of a uh, dragon glass, or well, mm-hmm. maybe we're not up to that part yet. Um, yeah, well, I mean, nice they stuff. talk so, about it. they talk about it, and there there's supposed to be a mountain under there. We don't yet see it, that's right. No. Um, so yeah, the way oh uh well that was above, never mind. um they parade you know, Yara through the town. that's good stuff there. um he's a, he's a good guy you on. Yeah. Uh Castle Rock was pretty simple to take it seemed, but they still lost a few people there. Yeah. Um Yeah, High Garden, Jamie somehow got from King's Landing to High Garden and
0: I mean that's not
1: horribly far.
0: It's not short, but it's not—you know—it's not like he's just going to Storm's End. But I mean, you know, be like—you know—probably like a week one way. Okay, maybe. Uh,
1: And that. See, I don't have too much here, do I? Boy, pretty sad. But. uh, And so we Olena, Lady Mm -hmm. Olena, is now. rang the funeral bells for her, I suppose. Uh, That's all. Uh, Yes, I don't have anything else. That's it. All right.
0: Well, uh, we're in season seven, which means we're past all published works, basically. But there are still events in those books that we can draw a direct parallel to in this episode. So what chapters do those actions occur? Well, in A Storm of Swords, the third novel, chapter 77, Tyrion 11... Uh, someone calls Jamie a fool for him blindly following Cersei and not seeing through her deeds. They also claim to be Joffrey's murderer. Uh, from *A Feast for Crows*, the fourth novel, chapter twenty-four, Cersei five. Cersei meets with an envoy of the Iron Bank of Braavos. Chapter twenty-seven, Jamie three. Jamie states that he has learned a lesson from the Battle of the Whispering Wood. Uh, from *A Dance with Dragons*, the fifth novel, chapter sixteen, Danny three. Uh, this is when we learn that Danny's disruption of the slave trade in Slavers Bay has caused great economic harm to certain institutions of Essos. Now, in the books, this is a conversation that Danny has with Zarozax and Daxos from the Thirteen of Karth. Uh, obviously, in the series here, it's Cersei and Tywin Nestoris that have this conversation, but. Uh, this main point is made to Danny herself in the book Continuity. Uh, chapter 22, Tyrion 6. Uh, someone complains that the disruption of slave trade by Danny has negative applications on the worldwide economy. Ooh. Chapter 44, John 9. Titus Nestorus meets with someone and explains rumors he has heard of dragons in the east. Uh, and from. The published chapters of the as-of-yet-unpublished sixth novel, Winds of Winter, the forsaken Euron Greyjoy, uh, heads towards Highgarden to lure the Tyrell armies away from his real objective, Old Town. Uh, The TV version somewhat switched this a little bit, uh, as Euron is thought to be heading to Old Town for some reason, but instead, hey, he's in Casterly Rock all of a sudden. So, nonetheless... Uh, so that is it from the books for this episode. So, uh, my notes on this front. Um, first, on an artistic level, there are two, uh, there are a few things, you know, as you pointed out, you know, the the island of Dragonstone is a beautiful island here, uh, wherever they shot it, and uh, Casterly Rock is a nice-looking castle as well here. We get to see it for the first time on screen in this episode, uh, the first introduction between John and Danny uh, is a very great comedic moment. With after Missy gives this giant long spiel about Queen Daenerys Targaryen, the Unburnt, the Mother of Dragons, and blah 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 blah. Uh, Davos, this is Jon Snow. He's the King in the North, which is just a great line delivery from Liam Cunningham uh, and. Last on an artistic level, uh, Littlefinger gives a speech to Sans in this episode that is just completely insane and <laughs> it's just yes. so great. Um, <clears throat> so, and I apologize here for my Littlefinger voice. Um, <clears throat> don't fight in the North. That's awful. Uh, <laughs> or the South. Fight every battle. That's, that's I don't know what accent I'm doing. I'm I'm like Ian Gillen, I don't know what accent I'm doing for okay. Littlefinger. Um fight every battle everywhere, always in your mind. Everyone is your enemy, everyone is your friend, every possible series of events is happening all at once. Live that way and nothing will surprise you. Everything that happens will be something you've seen before. What in the world is little finger? God talking about. I don't know. Uh, Littlefinger is a source of great entertainment throughout this whole season with random speeches like this that he gives to Sansa. It's great stuff. Um, some important notes for later Tyrion and John are reunited for the first time since episode three of season one. These two characters meet again. Uh, John Davos, Missy, Tyrion, Danny and Varys all meet for the first time in this episode. Uh, We learn that Tyrion does actually care in some sort of uh, way about Sansa as a person, which is uh, nice to see. Um, Mel states that she has brought ice and fire together, giving us the title of our story here. Uh, for the first time as of course we know the originally this at least is a song of ice and fire is the novel series um, Mel is heading to Volantis and will return For season 8 we will see what she brings with her from Volantis uh, In season 8 we learn of the last true independent king of the north Torrin Stark perhaps we'll see this in the prequel show or one of them maybe Um, Euron has brought Alaria and Tyene Sand to Cersei and has kept Yara for himself. Uh, Cersei, I believe for the first time uh, anyone mentions the 14 C's uh, here in this episode. Uh, Of course, the 14 C's, um, it depends how you count. Okay. Because you could count fifteen seas. Um, now, of course, you have uh, the Narrow Sea, is the one we're familiar with here. You have the Jade Sea. You have the Hidden Sea. The Poison Sea. Then the Sea of Dorn. The Sea of Mirth. The Sea of Sighs. The Shivering Sea. The Shrinking Sea. The Silver Sea. The Smiling Sea. The Smoking Sea. The Summer Sea. And the Sunset Sea. Now, also, you could count the Bleeding Sea as the 15th Sea. Now, I do believe the Bleeding Sea is, I have to read up on my World of Ice and Fire book, but I believe the Bleeding Sea is mostly a, oh, okay, no, it is actually a sea. It is a large inland sea in the eastern Essos named for its blood-red waters, uh, this is in the plains of the Jogos Nye, south of the Kingdom of Nai, uh way past, uh, in an area we never go to in the show, presumably. Um, and I believe that's the first time we have heard mentioned that there are 14 seas, though uh, presumably then because of the location of the Bleeding Sea, we're not really counting that in show continuity because the show doesn't really acknowledge that there's anything east of the Bone Mountains, really. Um, so maybe for show purposes, there's only the fourteen in the main uh area there. Um Cersei also maybe inadvertently agrees to marry Euron, assuming both of them survive after the war is over. Um Cersei has appointed Euron head of the naval force and Jamie head of the ground force. Uh she is poisoned Tyene with a long farewell and will leave Alari Sand chained up permanently in the Red Keep Dungeons. Cersei is meeting with Taicho from the Iron Bank, as she still has outstanding debt, and she will have her debt paid in full within a fortnight. How? Well, they just sacked Highgarden, so figure it out. It's pretty simple. Um, Jon is allowed to mine the dragonglass. Uh, Bran and Sansa are reunited, depending on how you want to count it. This is either the first time these two have been together since the series premiere or from episode 2, Uh, In episode two, Bran is unconscious and in bed the whole time, so he's not really aware of Sansa's presence. So I'm going to go first time they've been together since the series premiere. Uh, Last time, these two characters were actually uh, present with each other. Uh, Sam has successfully treated and cured Jorah's grayscale, and Jorah is going to return to serve Danny once again. Uh, Danny has now successfully captured Casterly Rock, and Jamie has captured Highgarden for Cersei. Uh, Jamie also is in possession of Widow's Wail, important, Valyrian steel, we know it's made of Valyrian steel. Uh, Elena admits to poisoning Joffrey and is killed the same way. Foreshadowing nuggets, we have quite a lot in this episode. Um... Stark men don't travel well when they travel south, Tyrion states. John res- John's response I'm not a Stark. Um, uh, we get a lot of John dad stuff. Uh, most notably, uh, the dragon that flies over John's head when he arrives on Dragonstone is Rhaegal. Um, Melisandre, my time whispering in the ears of kings is over. Uh, another Mel here to Varys for season eight foreshadowing, I imagine um I will return, dear spider, one last time. I have to die in this strange country, just like you um Danny states to John, this is not really foreshadowing, just more uh pure irony, which we'll get to later. um Danny states to John a few things um she states our two houses. Uh she also states that I am the last Targaryen, John Snow. Um John states to Danny, you're better than Cersei. We'll come back to this point. We'll we'll find out together if Danny is actually better than Cersei or not. It's an interesting question to take into consideration given the future developments of this season. Um Danny to John, a few more things. Uh, she states that she spent her life in foreign lands, which is a pretty direct parallel to Jon Snow's own childhood, whether or not Jon was aware of it. Um, Danny also discusses mysterious birth conditions that she cannot remember to John, which also, uh, that would be the case for John here. Um, Davos states about John um, he has no birthright, uh, more in the pure ironic statements. Um this is more just a general note that's kinda could be foreshadowing. Since technically she's not dead, I'm not entirely sold on Alaria not being important in the future. I don't know why she would be important for season eight, but Alaria Sand is technically not dead. Uh as far as we know. Tyene is, but as far as we know, Alaria's not. I don't know what part she would have to play, but Maybe she would have one for season eight. I don't know. Okay. Um, Taichun Storis hints that Euron might not be fully loyal to Cersei. This could be for season eight as well. Uh, Cersei states that dragons aren't invincible. Uh, Danny states that perhaps we should all examine what we think we know. Um, Maester Wolken notes that Maester Lewin. Kept a copy of every Raven Scroll that he received. Uh Wolken notes this in front of Littlefinger. Uh, Bran about John, I need to speak to him. Uh Bran gives a long statement that is very foreshadowful with his uh I can see everything. Everything that's ever happened to everyone, everything that's happening right now is all pieces fragments. I need to learn to see better. When the long night comes again, I need to be ready. Why does Bran need to be ready? We will find out together in season eight. Um, Sam is tasked with making meticulous copies of a bunch of old books and scrolls. Might he find something important here about the White Walkers? We know the White Walkers are very old and have not been seen for a very, very long time. So... Maybe there's something in these scrolls and books about them or other important to our story things in these books and scrolls. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Jamie states Father said I was a slow learner. Uh, Jamie also in possession of Widow's Whale, probably important for season eight. Uh, and last but not least, Elena to Jamie uh, about Cersei. She's a monster. You do realize that. Uh, And that is everything I have for this episode. So that will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.